Hello. 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 I'm just uh, I'm just uh, doing the la- uh, last minute telling the internet that we are live in case anyone wants <laughs> to come and join us. I'm pretty sure that's textbook promotion. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm promoting the podcast. I I don't um I don't I don't. Know do you not have a, Do you not have a textbook? To, you're not writing any texts. No, no. Well, I mean, I'm typing some text. Now, listen. Can you hear? Um, I probably sound a little bit muted. I'll be I'll be near the mic in a second. Uh, okay. I'm I'm just uh, doing my hair. No, that's not uh, that's not happening. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, big nut brown hair. I'm um, not little nut brown hair. He's clearly a child. Um, can you uh, hear the? Uh, can you hear the monitor music in the background? What monitor music? My child's monitor music. No, I can't hear your child's monitor music. Good. Good. So I've got it set up so that I can hear it, but you can't hear it. This is magical. It's almost... Pardon? It's This is magical. It's almost... Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear you? I try really hard not to. As anyone who knows me particularly well will know, I never go anywhere without having at least a little bit of noise going on in the background to drown out my own thoughts. Yeah. Don't leave me my own thoughts, Nick. What are you doing? Um, I did the same thing I've done every week that we've had Mixler set up, which is I'd left the speakers on, and it sounded for all the world like you said, uh, as you know... Uh, I don't like to, anyone who knows me knows, I don't like to be um, alone with my thoughts, etc, etc, etc. And then it was like you paused, and then it, 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 and then it basically sounded like you started saying the exact same thing again, but quieter. And for a minute, I thought, wow, he really wanted to make this point, but it was Mixler. Oh, God, he started repeating himself. Yeah, oh, I, no. I really did think that's what was going on. Yeah. The, well, I turned four. I, I turned forty-two on Saturday. I am entering my dotage. You keep it really quiet. Do I? Well, for me, you do, and so I always end up forgetting, and it happens. And yeah, but that's fine. And then I feel bad that but, I still make a fuss about mine. But, no, but we, you know, we 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 both love each other, but we also know that we have family commitments, and you know, we don't have the the time and resources to make a big hoo ha about. Um, birthday, so it's good. I bet your other friends made a fuss about it. Yeah, we went out with Jane and Steve, we had a lovely time. <clears throat> of course you did. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go? What did you do? Uh, we went to a, uh Indian restaurant, actually it's a, I think a Bangladeshi restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, called Jangir, and it's uh, in Southampton, on the corner of Winchester Road and Hill Lane. The food is excellent, and they treat my daughter like a princess. Oh, but she's not a princess. No. No, she's a very normal citizen. Yeah, and uh, she, uh, which means she didn't just get a raise. No, God, no, no. She, well, she's, um, she's at school, so she's public sector. And also, I was just, uh, I realised uh, I could have muted that, but I've got, uh, my throat's uh, feeling a little bit funny. Um, and uh, also, um, she's uh, only really the heir to your kingdom. 
She is she is the heir to my estate. It's a perfectly serviceable. Uh, uh, what's that word? It's not a bungalow. It's like a bungalow, but it's got another bungalow on top Flat. of it. Oh, a do- is that a dormer? No, I think it's um, it's not anything to do with Natalie Dormer. No, I think it's um, oh not goodness. a mezzanine, not a minestrone. No, a mezzanine like a, a, like a floor. A mungalow? No, no, <laughs> not a mungalow. We don't use language like that anymore. Um, oh, not a minestrone. It'll it'll come to me. Not a minaret. I am actually trying to remember something. I'm not just doing a bit. I just can't remember what it's called. Or is that? No, no. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying listening to you. Am I thinking? No, it's a do- it's a dormer bungalow, mate. Is it? What's it called when your flat is one half of a house, and um, but it's like vertical. Oh, when you've got um, it's flats, but you've got uh, two separate front doors or something. Yeah. Uh, but that's it's not a town. It's not a townhouse. They both have a bit of upstairs and a bit of downstairs. Yeah. Oh. Oh no, I'm not sure about that. Oh, I feel like it's an M word. Right. I think mongoose. I feel like I feel like your 42nd birthday is something we could talk about, um, and it does make me think of something else I wanted to talk about. But I should probably do the um, admin. A little bit of admin first, just to get that out of the Go way. For it. Go for so, it. this is Two Grown Men. It's a podcast uh, notionally about uh, being parents in your 40s, the parents of young children in your 40s, but it's also uh, basically about being weak and feckless men. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Quite quite often, um, quite often, it's about mental health. It, it turns out when you're about being parents in your 40s and also about weak, feckless men. At some point, mental health is going to come up. Um, so, sometimes, as in the last episode we did, it's a live demonstration yeah, of mental health. Yeah, we have had a little bit of a break because both of us had little bits of breakdowns. I, think- I, I actually had a proper, full-on, um, what I, I've now come to realise are uh, anxiety attacks oh. at the end of our last... If if you'll notice, I just completely, completely switch off with about 10 to 15 minutes to go. Um, and that's because I am in the midst of a full-on um, uh, anxiety attack. It was really quite the thing. Oh, but the listener won't have got to hear that. No, I think I think I kind of covered for myself quite well, but I go quite quiet. Oh no no no! You knew this. I think you knew this. I'm sure you knew mm. this. That episode didn't. This is the thing. So ah. we are. You can listen. Oh, of course, it didn't. You no. can listen to the uh, this episode and all of our previous episodes at twogrownmen.net. Um, we did have listeners though. Yeah, we we had a couple, um, but it's pointless. I mean, like they can't go and listen to the podcast. I mean, you're messing with oh, time should- a little bit. You should put it out as a Patreon special. <laughs> I don't know that that'd help. Two grown men, the meltdown issue. But um, but it is... Uh, so, you can listen to all this episode and all of our previous episodes at twogrownmen.net. You can also uh, uh, subscribe to us at your podcatcher of choice. If you are using a podcatcher, which you probably are, it would be very kind if you uh, would rate and review us there. It can sometimes put us in front of people who wouldn't normally have have heard about us and also gives us a little bit of validation but i personally think that an actual personal recommendation to someone you know if you like us enough that you think you know someone who might get something out of us uh, whether it's our particular uh, off-brand of humor 
or um, our painfully self-indulgent, some might call brave, I call it self-indulgent uh, level of <laughs> confessional. Um, you might know someone who might get something out of this. I think that uh, people tend to respond better to having someone say, hey, uh, you're, a, you're a tragic figure in my life who I'd like to examine that side of themselves mm. more in the hope that they can sort that out uh, by themselves somewhere while listening to podcasts rather than uh, in the in the pub uh, with me every time we go out for a drink yeah. and, and it's just supposed to be a nice drink but you end up t- telling me about the last 40 years of your life instead. Um, yeah, I think people respond to those sorts of recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Better than um, better than reviews by people they don't know. So, if you, you want to listen to these two sorry ass sad sacks, yeah, you could say, yeah, they're uh, they're tragic. They didn't put out an episode for two weeks because each of them had a completely separate crisis of confidence. Yeah, uh, and uh, and mini. I didn't have an anxiety attack, but um, I, uh, I it should be said. James and I have been podcasting for a very long time. It wasn't the podcasting that caught us out. It was there was a party going on in James's upstairs flat. Oh, it was a night. It was a nightmare. That's what triggered me. And yeah. then doing the because it's fun. It's it's really good fun doing this. Yeah. But it's always you're aware that you're making a podcast, so you want to be focused and you want to say things that are funny. And there was like a genuine teenage party going on in my upstairs. Um, in the upstairs flat, my daughter was freaking out because it was so loud. It was doing her head in. Um, so I was getting a bit jittery and cross. So then, you know, you, you add that, add to that doing the podcast as well. My anxiety levels just went off the, uh, off the chart. Yeah. And the only real reason I do podcasting is because I'm, I'm, um, I, I, uh, I worry about being misunderstood. And, uh, and I, uh, and, and that, that somehow I'll just vanish and disappear. Um, and so I, I do a podcast with someone who uh, is a friend. So I know they'll, they'll mostly listen to me and we're putting something down and, and, um, my, I'll make my points and they'll be, they'll be taken on board. So at the, at the point where you started just, uh, completely, basically I kept saying stuff and it wasn't landing because you were so preoccupied. Yeah. And then, and then I, I picked up something you were saying, ran with it down to a cul-de-sac, smashed my nose against, um, the end of that train of thoughts wall. Um, and then you quite rightly called me an idiot. And then I really went and it, it really got quite weird, but, but it's all down to my, I wasn't there. I wasn't present. So it was, um, but I was good. We should save it up and put it out as an extra one day. Because I, I don't know. I think I cover reasonably well. Yeah. But it'd be interesting listening to it, knowing what's happening to me at the top. Well, I can tell you. I've, sp- I've spoken about my mental health. We might as well <laughs> lay it out on a tray. You'd have to put a trigger warning on the episode, though, I think. I can uh, I can send you the audio. I'm, I'm not listening. Well, no, I've got it. All oh, right. Okay. The... um. The thing is, James, I think uh, it's it's very cute. It's mm. uh, it's very cute of you to suggest that uh, the listener that that was that that was the one shining representative representative podcast example of uh, you having a mental health episode. <laughs> but but long time <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, no. And as I was saying, at the website, twogrownmen.net, um, there are several years of podcasts 
Where if you want to see it all happen in slow motion, <laughs> yeah, you can pretty much go back and listen to it there. Oh, bless you! I love you so oh, much. Oh, the the clues were there all <laughs> along. But so um, it's like it's like fucking lost this podcast. <laughs> it really is. But <laughs> you're ultimately you're very disappointed by the ending. But if, hey, if you look back, it hey, was all there. Hey, it was all there. No, don't, don't, don't push my buttons on Lost. Yeah, Don't I know, that. but that's the accepted narrative now, so let's just run with it. What's the point of having individual opinions? Well, I'm the president, aren't I? That's, that's, that's true. the equivalent of Oh, God, of that. does that make me Steve Bannon? No, th- no, I'm the president, you're Steve Bannon. Yeah, you're the one You're the one saying, well, the accepted narrative is I'm the president, yeah. so you're just going to have to suck it up. Bend yeah, over, buddy, Steve- but not in a consensual you're- way. And you're, you're Steve Bannon, just like the little guy hating... Um, people of colour in the background. So, yeah, that does sound like me. So, um, <laughs> so as you might have gathered from this, if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast, that the uh, episodes also go out live um, as we are recording them. And it turns out that sometimes if you listen live, you'll get to hear stuff that doesn't actually make it out as a podcast. Um, you can listen to us uh, weekly on Mondays, uh, GMT time. Is Is that... GMT's already to Greenwich Meridian is time tea cakes what does the tea is it tea cakes tea cakes GMT time uh, 8pm 8, 8 Monday evenings at uh, mixler.com forward slash the dash other dash 10 the number dash live forward slash it's quite difficult that's not complicated it's that's not complicated at all that's good. That's quite well thought out. However, if you um, if you follow us on Twitter at is- uh, not issues pod, that's the other one two <laughs> two GM pod, uh, or um, at the two grown men page on Facebook, uh, we do announce when we're about to do these uh, these live recordings anyway. So um, and they're a hot ticket item. Uh, there there are only so many spaces there are loads of spaces so you can come and join us in the chat room and sometimes we have nice conversations with people in the chat rooms while we we're chat recording along to people don't we yeah we we do the chat room and we do the talking so sometimes when i sound distracted it's not mental health it's just um mike georgie is in the chat room yeah sometimes Mo- most of the times it's mental health though yeah uh, most of the time the podcast is also patreon uh supported uh, so this one and we have issues so if you go to patreon.com forward slash TOTP you can if you are of a mind to uh, give us a little bit of money uh, once a month and that can be as little as you like as long as I think it starts at a dollar um, a US dollar and uh, not not a Toronto dollar or whatever they're called in Canada um, and the money from that goes to cover hosting costs and if we if we ever get enough it'll go to pay the contributors on this uh us two basically and uh and um the contributors to uh, we have issues uh it, it probably will never be enough but we can live in hope you never know do you know um i've um so you, you work out sometimes don't you that you start watching these things and you don't realize how much people are making now i i um you may remember uh if you're a long-time listener of two grown men you would have you'd have sailed through the seas of my mental health over the last couple of years and you know that when i wasn't working uh, a year or so ago uh, i took up to uh drown out the black thoughts i was having i took up modeling yeah as in making miniature models oh and i didn't get, I've misunderstood. I didn't get very, good I, did, <laughs> I didn't get um i didn't get very good at it 
but I enjoyed it. And re- recently, I started doing it again, and at the same time as doing it, I've been obsessively watching instructional videos on YouTube. Uh-huh. Like, you know, if you know me well, you'll know that if I get into things, I tend to obsess really deeply about something to the point where all I really seem to be doing at the moment is either making a model or watching videos. Um, and, and I started watching uh, a channel by this guy called Rob Flory. Uh-huh. Um, and he's got a channel called Flory's Models. Uh, and then I realized he's got loads of instructional videos on his website and you pay a £2.50 membership uh, to access all of these hundreds of builds he's done Really detailed instructional videos. I've picked up loads of skills and tricks and stuff doing that, that that's making me better at it. And you sort of, you know, I sit there thinking, you know, it looks like he's probably doing all right. He, he sells a range of washes and sanders. I've, I've bought some sanders from him. They're very good products. I recommend them. And then you start thinking, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder how he, how he does out of this. Now, um, he, he revealed today, uh, on his vlog, that he's got 4,000 subscribers. Uh-huh. Now, it, each subscriber pays £2.50 a month to access his site. Right. He, he So so he's clearing near on £10,000 a month, if my maths are correct. Yeah. Plus plus the extras he's selling. He, he's got himself there a, a six-figure uh, industry from doing stuff on the internet. It's very impressive. Of a friend of ours believes hmm. and uh, or or theorizes, and I I kind of agree with him that if you can get just a uh, thousand fans, yeah, or um, that might not be the number he cites. I think it is about a thousand fans who are uh, some of like a decent percentage of whom are willing to pay uh, pay for your stuff. Then yeah. you can pretty much make a. Maybe not a decent living, but you can make a living as a creative person. Um, he, well, he's making a very comfortable living by the sound of Oh, things. absolutely! But this is uh, this is just uh, it's um, the it's just uh, I'm just thinking about how unheard of. There are a few things you've mentioned there that should feel more like science fiction to us than they are. I think you and I might be in some ways very cranky and old and stuck in uh, and 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 uh, stuck in the nineties. Um, oh, yeah. in terms of music and stuff like that. But in, in other ways, I think... Um, I think mate, music-wise, I'm stuck in the 70s, mate. <laughs> I, think we're, um, I think we're relatively... Uh, we might, we're relatively comfortable with a lot of this stuff, and we might sometimes forget. Like, Patreon is a crazy mm. thing, or, or not just Patreon, just the fact that you can get, you can get paid money for, your, um, for the uh, amount of people who watch your videos on YouTube. Yeah, and if you happen to catch a wave there, and it's totally accessible by everyone, it's more accessible even than you know uh, than than national uh, tele like television yeah. stations or something like that. Um, th- then you can you can actually make a living in a way mm-hmm. that artists didn't do. You know, if you're an artist in the past, you would fight for patronage by someone. That yeah. was. It wasn't necessarily like it is now, where only rich people could do it. You know, lots of people would try and do it, but I think you could. You'd have to hope that you could find someone who was who's going to take you under their wing, really. Yeah. 
Whereas now, it's a pretty, it's a pretty great model. It's good. Yeah, what the patronage thing? Yeah, but the but also things like the YouTube, the the, the YouTube thing that that guy doesn't, he didn't, he's managed to bypass a lot of gatekeeping that is designed to stop everyone just making making like making videos. I, I think I mean, I, mean, I think I can tell. I was going to. He's. I have to say, he is. I. I love his videos. I think they're fantastic. But it's what I'm really into at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he puts tons of stuff out for free, which I think is quite clever. He's got his YouTube channel. There's plenty of stuff there to get stuck into. Mm. But if you're really into it, then there's the paywall, and he's obviously encouraged enough people by being productive behind his paywall to. Oh, but he'll to, he'll but be getting. I, I I'm I really admire him. He'll be <laughs> he's, um, he'll be getting money per click on YouTube as well, though. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, he's getting paid to do what he loves every day, which is, I think, is, you know, he, he's really, he's he's stumbled upon the absolute gold mine but that's, that we all, that's the, um, isn't it, to be paid what you love, paid to do what you love. That's the other thing, though, is um, that um, I would never have thought I would watch lots of YouTube videos about things. Like yeah. um, in, a, in a useful way, like watch anything other than music videos and stupid, stupid memes or whatever. But like, I will quite often if there's something I'm trying to do on a website, um, or on a game, or or just like if I'm trying to if I'm trying to do something, fix the washing machine or something like that. Yeah. Quite often, YouTube is the place where. Um, I'm most likely to find something that's actually useful, and that's Space Age. I, I but at, but at the same time, you know, given that you know we're in our forties, I don't watch the television anymore. Um, I'm watching an awful lot of Flory's models at the moment, but I'll watch YouTube or Netflix, and I like the way you, you sometimes hear people talking about on the television. Oh well. Kids now don't really consume TV and X, Y, and Z. And I'm thinking, well, why do you still do it? You know, I'm well, 42, and I've just, it's brilliant. You you can don't have to watch what you're told to watch at any given time. You can do anything you like. It's brilliant. The freedom it gives you in terms of consumption is incredible. I think that's I think that's largely that's an awful lot like. Um, that's an awful lot like the uh, the Schrodinger's immigrant thing, though, isn't it? Because people bitch that people complain that children don't really watch TV anymore, but also complain that mm. that children are stuck uh, in uh, looking at a screen all the time. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is that while a lot of the stuff they're watching um, on, uh, and this isn't an area I'm an expert in, obviously, but a lot of the stuff they're watching on YouTube or wherever is uh like people playing minecraft or 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 um or weird nursery Pe- rhymes people stuff. playing with dolls yeah lots lots of that sort of thing but at the same time they're watching thousands upon thousands of clips that are from broadcast tv or like oh, yeah. cartoons that still that like paw patrol is fucking huge and that's a nickelodeon show granted it's coming out through most of them are probably getting to know it through something like netflix but yeah. that's still people producing TV in a relatively traditional way, mm. 
and making money for it because people are watching oh, it. Oh god, yeah, kids so, love binging cartoons. And the other thing, the other thing that's interesting about that is um, I, there's no longer that. When you watch broadcast TV, you still get that horrible sinking feeling on a Saturday when you're watching, especially on a Saturday morning, I think, <laughs> when you're watching um, any channel where the programming is for kids, you get the, and especially around Christmas, you get that sinking feeling when the uh, the unvarnished commercialism of the adverts come up. And there's mm. so many toys being thrown at them and there's so many different ways for people to spend money um, on, you know, parents spend money uh, on their children just thrown at you. But we were watching, um, a, for I think the third or fourth time, the boys had found this Moana, this video on um, YouTube of a woman uh, effectively just uh, presenting a whole range of Moana toys and merchandise. It was it, sure. it was presented in this weird way where she had this like roulette wheel and she was having to punch out uh punch out uh, pictures of the characters from this wall to uh to try and find something that was hidden behind one of them but every time she it's punched through like one of the, them a toy would turn up It's a bit like the egg videos isn't it Uh cut. where where they have toys and eggs oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it's a Disney Infinity and you know, obviously, the the toy companies are furnishing them with the. It's like um, the uh, the the dinosaur breaking out the egg. Yeah, became ubiquitous before Christmas. But luckily, Scarlett got her fill on uh, YouTube, and we didn't have to pay uh, an extortionate amount of money for a toy whose novelty would have worn off within a day or so yeah and i think i think that might be uh that might be something um that will turn out to have a, a certain impact as well because our boys don't yeah. spend loads of time asking for toys. i mean they're young yet anyway but i'd have expected noah to start asking for a lot more toys now but scarlet never scarlet ne- she loves videos where there's dolls playing and people showing these products she very rarely asks for stuff. Hmm. No, it's the, like it's scratching an itch, you know. The first time, um, the first couple of times I took Noah to the Disney store, uh, I took both the boys to the Disney store, and actually we haven't been since, really. So, um, he, I was slightly worried that he'd see cool things and get possessive of them. Um, I think he thought it was like a, a museum or a gallery or like the way we would see something <laughs> like that. He saw all the cool yeah. things. It didn't occur to him that he could take them home with him. And he's the same with, pre- is, with uh, preschool's toys and stuff like that. So, is, Isn't it funny? Is there the potential for these things that are ultimately products of consumerism? Do, do you think they're going to be responsible for breaking that cycle? I doubt it. it. Rather than rather than rather than creating desire, they just satisfy in of themselves. I think they'll just get so so things become curios. You don't want you don't want possessions. You just want to look at nice things. Mm. And I th- I think that's a, a very. Uh, have you felt that's that way? Potentially quite hopeful. Have you Sorry? have you felt that way? Looking at videos of model modeling kits and stuff like that. Well, no, I I was indoctrinated throughout the 80s with like you know mainstream advertising yeah. i'm i'm a busted flush mate you know it's too late for us generation x's are stuffed we're horrible consumers yeah that's true Eat, sleep rave repeat yeah yeah I don't, or something I, like that i don't know what that means no not the way i mean i knew people who who 
you know, I would consider to have really unhealthy lifestyles in terms of the uh, the, the the clubbing clubbing lifestyle um, back in the nineties. No one did it seven days a week. But I no, that's I, not. It, I did know people who did. So it's sort of not no, that. they didn't. Not for any, not for any real sustained. I mean, actually go out to a rave. Yeah, people who take pharmaceuticals every night of the week. But you know, not always go into a rave because fiscally it's not viable. Oh, not so much raves, but like definitely out clubbing because my my people didn't really go out to raves though. Like there was a there was a small group. They of... did. They didn't do it for seven days a week. They might have done like four out of seven or something. You don't. You don't know me. I no way would they do. I wasn't. I wasn't they... surrounding myself with the same people that you were, James. Mine. Mine damaged me in other ways. Okay. <laughs> no, but you. You were saying that you knew people that did it. Not raving. And I'm qu- but then I didn't. None of the people I knew really went to raves anyway. For any. Well, I. I know all sorts of people who did other things. <laughs> Can help. All right. <laughs> I mean, I know all sorts of people who've done various things. Do you need to go to your safe place? I thought the point you were making was they ate, slept, raved, and repeated. Well, but kind of, I mean, in in context, no. But then the people I, I think, knew didn't I think really you were rave. Just trying to make yourself. I think you were just trying to be cool. And I have to say, Nick, it's not impressing anyone. I don't know what you're talking about right now. So. No, no, right. No? So okay. along alongside the um, alongside the uh, you're an arsehole. How is it possible? I didn't realise you were an arsehole all this time. <laughs> oh, you knew. Yeah, it isn't possible. That was arch. I was being arch. So yeah. um, the uh, the other thing that made me realise, uh, uh, well, not realise because I realise it all the time, but I th- this thing about how. Seamlessly stop. Shut up. Point of order. <laughs> I haven't. St- I haven't finished. Shut point, up. Point of order. I, oh I my demand that the gentleman opposite makes way. Um, do you know? Do you know? I protested long enough that I forget my point, Nick. Right. So uh, the fact that we have sort of seamlessly stepped into uh, like time has passed, and in some ways it felt like it took a really long time, but in other ways. Um, it, it's, uh, it's really, uh, it's really strange how alien the world we're in at the moment is really compared to the one we grew up in. I was, uh, in the kitchen at work today making, um, a hot drink. Uh, it wasn't any of the technology. We had fridges and microwaves and stuff in my teens. It's fine. Um, but I was, uh, making tea for someone else and they were in there and I, uh, I picked out the bottle of, uh, semi skimmed milk and shook it. And I always shake it, and they asked me why I shook it, and I was like, "I oh, yeah, no, I always do." And I, I think uh, I started explaining that I think it's uh, in case some of the milk isn't as nice or whatever. But it, it like, and that was my reasoning. That, Cream Nick. Yes, exactly. And then I, I took a few seconds, and I thought, no, it's because when I was growing up, we only had whole milk, mm. and you had to shake it up. To, but how am I still? The cream would rise. How am I still doing that now? I don't think I even mm. did that with bottles back then. It's just like instinctively, I think that's something you're supposed to do with milk. Nick, I, I still give the milk a shake. It's so weird. I will always shake the milk. You got to shake the milk, Nick. But you're a semi-skimmed household as well, aren't you? 
Very much so, and yeah. And probably have been for 20 years or something like that. It's... Oh, yeah, ever since I left home. I haven't had whole milk in the house, apart unless I'm making a cheese sauce or something. Uh, like a bechamel sauce, I um I haven't I haven't had whole oh, milk in the house. I, I didn't even think about that. That that'd make mm. loads of sense for when you're making a. Like but if you ask me, semi semi skimmed is better anyway. And you don't even have to shake the whole milk anymore. It doesn't seem to separate. And blue tits never. I cannot remember the last time a blue tit attacked my milk. No, I can't remember the last time um, I had to deal with it. But really, I think it was apparently the reason that they were so mercenary back then. It had nothing to do with the fact that the milk was left on the on the on the doorstep. So perfectly capable of coming in a house, opening a fridge, and attacking the milk from there. It's just apparently where there's less lead particulates in the air now. Blue tits aren't as aggressive. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I had to wrestle a tit to get it some milk. <laughs> Ray! The, um, the, oh, um, that was all set up and no, no, yeah, anyway. The, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So, uh, the thing that needs mentioning. So, I mentioned. Oh, you were going to do the plugs. You were going to, no, you were going to sh- do not the plugs. Just stop trying to, you're, stop telling me what I'm trying to do. You you were going to do the admin. So, uh, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned a friend of ours who, uh, said the thing. About a a, a a a small enough number, like a decent enough sized number of people who are willing to pay for your stuff, should be able yeah, to support you. Yeah, if you get you. a thousand monkeys in a thousand rooms for a thousand years, eventually they produce a podcast of a higher quality than this one. They'd have to be infinite to like the thousand monkeys would die out after about forty fifty years, wouldn't they? Oh, monkeys love fucking. They reproduce because when they talk when they talk about the infinite. Monkeys and the infinite typewriters. Presumably, mm. they're not. I mean, they, they, do they say anything about an infinitely sized room, or are we assuming that, like, well, we've got to assume that the room is. Well, actually, the room needn't be infinitely sized. It just it needs to have uh, an infinite number of levels. Because so it could be it could be a very narrow room, but it's just got an infinite number of levels. Well, or can you imagine work? Can you imagine working at the top of an infinitely leveled? skyscraper the thing is and the lift and the lift is broken if you were setting out this project to begin with and you budgeted mm. for an infinite number of typewriters and an infinite number of monkeys yeah. and you 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 budgeted them out you got uh you got yeah. the money back in you bought the infinite number of monkeys you bought the infinite number mm. of typewriters you put them all in your infinitely sized room um the, uh, but your your time scale is infinite well that yeah. that infinite number of monkeys They'd all die out in what 40, 40, 50 years. I don't know how long a monkey. Oh, you'd have for. you'd have to get those you'd have to get those infinite lifespan monkeys. Well, no, I think I, that's what I mean. I think the I think the theory is that like that's infinite, but you don't necessarily have all of them at once. You just have an infinite supply. So when one monkey dies, you take that body out. Otherwise, you're going to end up with an infinite number of monkey corpses. You, you take that monkey out and then you replace it with one of the other monkeys and there's just an infinite supply of them. I think the main problem is actually that the concept itself is a bit 1960s. Now it would be an infinite number of dogs, wouldn't it? I mean, or cats. Dogs, um, did you say? Yeah, dogs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> It'd be dog memes. Yeah, because you It would be an infinite number of dog memes. If you give an infinite number of dog memes, an infinite um, amount of uh, props... Uh, eventually, uh, they're going to come up with uh, the classic uh, plank sketch from that Eric Sykes uh, 
movie The Plank. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a theory born of an era uh, when uh, the sort of modern capitalism we've got now was really taking yeah. hold pre pre eighties because there's something very acquisitional about uh, wanting to have an infinite number of monkeys. You couldn't well, have an infinite number pop- of monkeys. Where would you keep them? Monkeys were popular. You had uh, Johnny Morris doing a lot of good monkey work back then, didn't you? Yeah. And then latterly you had like um, uh, Clint Eastwood um, hooked up with a monkey. There were all sorts of monkeys in in popular culture. Diane monkeys Fossey, were really original Planet of the Apes. Back in the back in the sixties and the seventies, monkeys would have been the main go to meme animal. The monkeys, the the band. Yeah. Then I saw her face. What? what what no bananas, bro? Lol, stupid monkey. You want a banana? So um, that that sort of thing. Anyway, the friend who said stupid that, monkey. the friend, uh, the friend who believes that, and I believe it, he should be proven right, has just set up a Patreon. Uh, it's David Wynn, who is the artist who does weekly cover art for uh, Jay and Miles Explain the X Men the podcast but he's also done loads of stuff for us in the past uh the he's including the theme tune to uh, we have issues and the cover art for this podcast he uh just started a patreon um patreon.com i think it's patreon.com forward slash david win but i'll put a, a link to it in the show notes and he is well worth supporting uh, well a slot just came up in my roster so i'm looking forward to patronizing him shortly have you stopped patronizing this no, no, I still patronise our own podcast. Okay, I mean, good. I'm not stupid. Got to keep the numbers up, and I, also I want to hear that um, podcast that I do with Scarlett. I, I was gonna, I was gonna patronise David from the. I thought for a minute it might be quite nice if the uh, if the patron for um, this podcast and we have issues supported any of the people involved with with either podcast if they like just chuck them a couple of quid. Um, yeah. if, uh, no, you definitely should. If David's they, well, super talented. But but pretty much everyone, all, almost everyone who patronises us at the moment uh, is someone is who contributes Quinn. to the podcasts. So yeah. it's sort of, it, it just wouldn't work. Um, so anyway, David Wynn. The other thing I wanted to mention is another David. Uh, you uh, When you were talking about how um, rubbish uh, your sense of self is earlier on in the podcast... Admittedly, okay. I mean it is something you talk about all the time. Uh, the um, I, it reminded me of the David Letterman interview, the Vulture one that I. Oh, that's that's brilliant! It took me um, much longer than my lunch break to read, and I, I'm I'm ashamed to admit I I read it all. It's a decent read. It's oh, very it's brilliant. good. Yeah, really good. I don't know if he's just not giving uh, many interviews. The thing is, um, he is in rare form. What, one thing that I found interesting is it was quite unusual seeing John Stewart when he came back around election period uh, after not having really been on TV. And I think he was sporting a big beard and just looking quite dishevelled. And I thought, wow, John Stewart's just uh, really enjoying <laughs> not being on telly uh, every night. Uh, every night now. Um, and I think he was just ripping off David Letterman. That beard of his oh, is fucking amazing. Oh, it is brilliant. Yeah. He looks completely different, but it's like, what's interesting is, and you will, you love David Letterman, so you will I have think already. He's a genius, yes. You will have already known this. Um, 
I think I had been dimly aware that he had hidden depths a while ago, but only dimly aware. It hadn't occurred to me how um, incredibly critical of himself he is. Oh, completely. In in relation to how generally accepting he seems to be of other people. It isn't he does explain in this interview um about how sarcasm about how uh they were so driven to just get the show out and try and make it good and sometimes and often there is he resorted to sarcasm just because it was the easiest mm. way to definitely get a laugh and to definitely make sure people were entertained. But but that was my understanding of him was of him being a little bit smug, um, a little bit cruel sometimes. That version of him was the impression I'd always got, which is why I hardly ever watched David Letterman. I, I understood what I understood what he was to the cut to the yeah. culture, but I hardly ever watched him because that was the impression I'd got of him. But like the the interview is brilliant, and he just seems like a complete. It was a revelation, really, for me. Yeah. Good. I'm pleased because it was, um, it felt like the guy, I think, I, I don't know whether I instinctively got it or I, but there was always that sort of, he was always a bigger butter jokes than anyone else. And it was always like, here's big dumb Dave. And, and I, I just, I always thought that that was an accepted part of the joke, which kind of gave him license to, to smart ass about because it was always, with the uh, complicit sort of idea that he really was the dumbest guy in the room. Yeah. You know? Unless Donald Trump was um, on. Well, yeah. But, you know, he was never the dumbest guy in the room. I mean, he's an incredibly smart, switched-on dude, but also I always felt was quite self-effacing. I never... I never read all that bravado as confidence. I always read it as, you know, uh, insecure charm. Well, in a way, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to eulogise about him too much because I do genuinely love Letterman. I can, you know, I will go through phases where I watch almost nothing but old Letterman shows. It's also, um, it, it was interesting because another thing I didn't really like about the show was I always found the bits quite cheap and you know the lists and stuff like that that he used to do oh yeah and, it, that, and that's always you know but you know that's been it's been churned out four days a week you know well, that he, is eat sleep rave repeat isn't it hearing him uh don't keep st- stop saying that <laughs> eat sleep rave repeat <laughs> um he uh but the thing is like in the interview it becomes apparent that he found that stuff he only really liked the talky bits the the yeah. interview bits so um I I mean you, I don't know about self-effacing. I'd say that he's oh, I, no, you, he's too sorry, No no no, I'm let me finish. Um yes. that I'd say he's pretty soundly into grown men territory in terms of that because it doesn't I mean self-effacing is the the veneer like the public face of it but it's the, in the interview what I was reading was very much this this isn't just a guy who knows his place in the world and his and his like sort of okie doke about it he's he's clearly like i hesitate to say tormented but 
he's not just self-effacing. He's down on himself in that interview to the point where there were a few times where I was like, well, he must understand that he has achieved stuff. Do you know I, what I mean? I thought he, he talks about taking antidepressants yeah. in a very, very subtle way, and I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, he kind of skirts around the issue of the way it rewires his brain. Mm which kind of chimed with me. It's like I feel, I know my medication, it's made me a quote-unquote better, but it's definitely taken parts of my personality away from me. And I think he, he kind of, uh, and, and parts that I, performery parts of me mm. that I kind of miss. But um, he kind of skirts around that a little bit. They never really sort of dive into it. I so don't. I mean, I might have been. I might have been reading a little bit into that that wasn't there because of my own experiences. No, he talked about blockers. He not specifically about beta blockers, but he did talk about. Um, he did talk about that. But he's like, he no. He talked about serotonin re um, reuptake inhibitors. That's yeah. That's antidepressants. Yeah, yeah. Inhibitors. Sorry, that's Pro- what I was Prozac. Looking. Yeah, so, I mean, I think part of that is he's probably from a generation that doesn't romanticise about mental health because, on the one hand, there's a... um, I think we can be honest about this. There's obviously a lot of taboo about mental health stuff, but there's also... uh, And we're guilty of it, I think, a little bit. Um, But but certainly... um, you get to a point where you no longer you no longer are willing to you get to a place where you're no longer willing to really give um the the taboo side of things the time of day you acknowledge that that's bullshit and fuck anyone who sees mental health issues as taboo yeah and the there can be there can be an element of uh being a bit full of piss and vinegar about it once you realise, no, fuck it, it's wrong to not talk about this stuff, where I think we do fetishise it a little bit. Not to an extent um, that's... Well, no, I take exception to that. Do you? Yeah, I, but, you know, that's because it's a bit... My way of dealing with it is by talking about it a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, so that's quite personal for me, so I don't feel like my talking about... I'm talking about my own personal feelings about it. I definitely, I'd be really resistant to the idea of someone telling me that I was fetishizing my illness. Do you? It's, it's see a it, negative... talking about it is talking about it is taking control of it. And it is what I feel like I'm doing. Yeah, but do you see the term fetishizing as an inherently negative thing? Yeah. Bearing in mind that people have fetishes, and it's just like. No, but I think it, I think the word's got connotations that I'm not comfortable sort of hanging. Uh, it, it seems, yeah, the, the 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 word comes preloaded with having an unhealthy obsession about something. Um, it definitely has that connotation, I think. Oh, oh, you see, I've got a problem with the idea of fetish fetishes as an unhealthy obsession with things. I I, I think whether or not you've got a problem with it. In common usage, there is that stigma to it, no, well, or yeah. certainly that connotation. Sure, in the way in the way you know language is normally used, I think that you would use it as a word that you understand in the way that you pass it. Mm-hmm. 
I would be very uncomfortable with labelling how I feel about my mental health as fetishising it because of the potential connotation that, that, uh, sorry, because of the potential that would have for misinterpreting how I deal with it. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's not so much how you, you're passing that word, but it's kind of how it's used in sort of common, um, um, vocabulary that I think would make me feel uncomfortable. Oh, sure, but common vocabulary holds uh, holds mental health issues as a taboo thing as well, doesn't it? I don't I don't yeah. really have a lot of time for common vocabulary to be honest. I think I think no, that it tends to, to hold us back. When, yeah, but I'm definitely very touchy when it it comes to talking about, you know, if you say we <laughs> I I'm not comfortable with with that word. Okay. So um, I'll say me then. Because yeah. you because you don't you don't agree. So I'll say me and I'll explain what mm. I mean by it. Because um I wouldn't suggest that any of the people we know do it all the time. I wouldn't say that that is the only way anybody deals with their mental health. It certainly isn't the only way mm-hmm. I do with my mental health. But sometimes I make jokes about it that do trivialise it. I sometimes yeah. hold up terminology or um uh conditions or experiences i've had and give them a sort of a talismanic uh uh talismanic properties i make jokes sure. about things in a way that does turn them into uh objects that that doesn't that doesn't represent the full length and breadth of every aspect of what i'm talking about so I will sure. talk about relationships and situations and moods and things like that in ways that does uh, rob them of an awful lot of context, uh, in but in a way that does sort of give me some power over them or that does make a joke of them or whatever. That's what I mean. I don't mean I do it all the time. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. mean I just mean that there is an element. There is an element of that in a lot of behaviour. And yeah. I um and I I don't know. I mean, just I personally, I just think that that that's uh, quite. Um, no, I think that I think that was a really. Useful... Oh God! You did right? you hear that? Yeah. I d- no, I didn't hear that fucking loud noise you just made. My 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 flat has literally collapsed, <laughs> and I'm now sat outside. It's unbelievable. It, it, it like really click, you know, like, um, is it Buster Keaton and yeah. the, uh, the, the front of the house falls over him and he's, he goes through the, the window. Yeah. That, that's exactly what's happened. Right. Okay. I don't believe that for a minute. I think that would have made no, a lot more my noise. My phone fell out my pocket. Bear, bearing in mind that most of the time, although I can't today, most of the time I can hear your fish tank in the background. I think that would have made a lot more noise. If that's I don't what, think it's a, it's not on, mate. The fish are dead, Nick. Are they? Yeah. You killed your fish? Just for no, podcasting? No, you, you killed my fish after you made me turn the pump off, uh-huh. and then it didn't work properly again. Really, is and, that true? Uh, now they're all dead. So, listener, as is uh, probably obvious from the judicious use of uh, Spanish flea and uh, the fact that James kind of cut out a little bit at the end there, 
Um, we had some technical difficulties while we were recording. This would seem to be some really good synergy to promote the uh, live recordings we do every Monday because the whole conversation went out live uh, Monday at 8 o'clock in the relevant week um, at Mixler. Oh, I don't know the exact address. I think if you follow us on Facebook uh, or uh, on Twitter, we do announce where it's going to be and when, and I'll put it in the show notes for this episode as well. Um, yeah, so you'd have heard the whole conversation. Now, what you heard there was the nearest thing James and I had had to an argument on podcast for a little while, for a few years. It's not really a, a major argument, but in, in the moment, I didn't really know how upset he uh he was or wasn't with me about the uh mental health as fetishism thing what you miss at the end of that conversation is the uh of course uh entirely predictable moment where uh towards the end of the podcast uh james realized that i was completely right all along uh, it always happens it always happens not because i'm not because i'm a genius because i'm not um, I'm very clever, but I'm not a genius. Uh, not because I particularly know this area really well. The truth is, don't tell James I said this, but uh, there were a couple of moments there when I was talking to him about this where I was starting to doubt my position uh, and whether or not I was using appropriate language. So, um, so you know, I'm, I'm not foolproof. Uh, I'm sometimes quite foolish. But uh, but it's more the case that in any given situation, if James and I are disagreeing about something, um, I'm probably right. It's like I've always said, if you're uh, out running a zombie horde, you don't need to be faster than the zombie horde. You just need to be faster than the slowest member in your group. So anyway, yes, uh, ultimately James did agree with me, but you'll never get to hear that now because that part of the recording is lost to the uh, mists of time if you uh, want to avoid missing such things in future do uh, join us on Mixler uh, at 8pm every Monday uh, I think we've only missed one since we started doing these um, Yeah, we record for about an hour from 8pm uh, and we do announce that on the Twitter which is 2GMPod or on the Facebook page which is 2 Grown Men. That's it, I think. Uh, it's probably worth reminding you of the Patreon. Uh, this is uh, Patreon-supported. You can support it at patreon.com forward slash TOTP. Uh, and uh, obviously, we're very grateful to all of our Patreons for that. Um, and uh, James and I will be recording again uh, this Monday at 8, at 8 p.m. on uh, on Mixler. And uh, our next episode will be out at some point in the future after that these are later and later they're just not going out when they're supposed to and that's entirely on me uh, it's not remotely on james except when sometimes it is so that's two grown men uh thank you for listening and goodbye mm-hmm.